Hello from ABA Tech Show 2017 in Chicago, Illinois. I'm Lawrence Coletti. I'm Molly McDonough. I'm Ellie Mastal. Hi, I'm Sam Glover. I'm Adam Cameras. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. And we're back. I have to admit, I'm somewhat delirious and... Uh, it's been a long day here, and we just uh, finished up with an incredible panel. But before we get into it, we really need to do some formal introductions because we have many people here, uh, part of some incredible legal publications. So I think we open with that. And since we started with Molly and ladies first. I'm Molly McDonough. I'm with the ABA Journal. I'm the relatively new editor and publisher. I'm Ellie Mistal. I'm an editor for Above the Law. I'm a man, actually, um, which people don't always get for my name. So I think it's important to say. <laughs> And I'm the editor-in-chief of Lawyerist.com. This is Sam Glover. Hi, this is Adam. I am the CEO of Legal Talk Network, the podcast network that you are listening to right now. Excellent. So you guys just got finished and walked over here, just did a panel discussion, pitching to the media. Actually, what was the official title of it? Do we know? How Not to Piss Us Off When <laughs> Pitching. Yeah, I think... I, I, so the official title, we're, we're probably going to have to... Uh, get some data on this, but it was something along the lines of... Uh, I'm pretty sure it was, it's 4 p.m. and we're all pretty thrilled to sit down for the first time today. <laughs> I can get you the official title here. It was Happy Hour is... Oh, no, sorry. That's now. And we're... <laughs> we're missing it. it. And, and we're missing it with this podcast. This is it's actually a really tough time for a, a session. Uh, however, the feedback was amazing because it was at 4 p.m. after a very, very long day. And there was only one person that slightly dozed off just for a moment, and then they came back, which is remarkable, because once you lose somebody early on in the session, they, they don't normally come back. But they came back, uh, which at, at 4 p.m. at the end of the day is, is not easy. So um, this session was called How to Pitch the Media and Get Exposure for Your Firm. Excellent. So I guess we'll need a little walkthrough. So obviously pitching the media, and we're all uh, different types of media within the legal community. So we're... Where did we start? How did you guys start it off? I guess I can do that. Uh, so I moderated the session and we really kind of framed this around. Uh, it's not always the case that the best lawyers are the most successful. And it's really that marketing machine and the branding and the connections uh, and the brand equity that you've built within the media and kind of priming that marketing machine is what begets those opportunities, you know, whatever they may be, whether it's more exposure or higher fees or speaking opportunities or book deals. Uh, but it all starts with that marketing and meeting machine. You know, and then we, we really got into some of the elements of, you know, what's good, what's bad, you know, what works, what doesn't work, what do you want to hear, what you don't want to hear. And there's some really interesting data revealed in the session. So I, I think that where we, where we all kind of came down, right, was that, and look, M Molly and Sam and I all have very different publications. And what we all agreed with was that if you're going to pitch our publications, know that. <laughs> like, actually pay attention to the fact that we have very different publications and know that going in and tailor your pitch to that difference. Um, and it's, I think it was kind of interesting that we all agreed that one of the most important things was to know that we're all very different. Yeah, well, the number one most important thing is don't be a clueless pitch, uh, because if you come in and, and ask us to do something that just clearly <laughs> indicates that you've never actually read our site, not interested. You lost me there, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, my my number one tip was again know your know your publication. Know um, do a little bit of homework before uh, before you start pitching. Make sure that uh, that you tailor your pitches not just to the the publication, but even to the author or to the editor that you're writing to. Know what departments he or she handles and and be ready to deliver a smart pitch, a smart story idea, or develop a relationship. Okay. Yeah. You know, I think that's an interesting point to bring up. You know, everybody kind of reacts differently. Everybody's organizations different uh, sized and, uh, you know, you connect with your communities in a different manner. And so I know we're probably going to disagree a little bit on this, but, you know, what is the best way, like the best method to approach your individual publications for someone in legal communities that got something to say and, you know, may, might be a subject matter expert? Lawyerist is not it's not read by lawyers. Um, and that's one thing, really important thing to know about us is people regularly pitch me on things written for non-lawyers and that's, that's, a, that's a silly thing to pitch us on. Um, so don't. I pointed out on the panel and I'll say again, flattery will get you somewhere with me. <laughs> yeah. um, and a subject line, Ellie, oh my God, you're so great. Please open this email. You're gonna get 17 of those like tonight. I'll open them. And I'll, <laughs> I'll take all 17. Um, I like, in, in all fairness, like, we're, we're, we're talking about the news. Our sites talk about the news. Your pitch has to be about the news um, for it to be successful. But in the terms of just like straight up opening that first email, have the headline be catchy, have the subject line be catch, catchy. And absolutely, if it includes a compliment for me, I'm more likely to fucking click on it. Oops. That's okay. We'll hit the explicit tag. <laughs> I'm so, I was so in, we're, we're not going to hold you back. You, you've got to be you. I was so in thinking like a lawyer mode. <laughs> Aaron and I try to swear in every intro to our podcast, so, you know, we, if we don't drop an F-bomb, we, we re-record it, so. We have to keep track of these things. Wow. Uh, Mom, this would be a good time to uh, hit the pause button and go back to an NPR program. So, where were do you have we? anybody you would like to curse at, Molly? <laughs> Poor Molly, she's a rose amongst the thorns. I'm so I told you if you made me snort that I was going to totally lose it. I'm so close. So close. Um, uh, I, I don't even remember where we were. <laughs> we lost our place. Well, so I'll, I'll just tell you. So, and, and I corrected myself in the session because this was really about how to get exposure in ABA Journal and Lawyerist and how to stay out of what Ellie's writing about in Above the Law. I mean, that's really the right setup here. And But also, once you make it to Ellie's radar and you realize your life is kind of over, then what? <laughs> yeah, there's never... If I'm writing about you, you're not having a good day. Like, that's just... That's just a truism of my profession. So, so, but we've talked about this before too, and especially for for above the law, I would think that don't hide, um, right. be approachable, and come back with not angry and upset. Well, you can be upset, but um, be be ready to be straight up and stand up to what's happening. And uh, and if you need to sec, you want to set the record straight, then then we'll definitely listen. Uh, and we absolutely the journal for sure. And I know above the law is the same way. Um, ready to hear your story. So we've kind of heard for all of us. Like we don't, when we're emailing you, we're not fishing, right? We, right. We 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 already know the story. We're we're giving you an opportunity, <laughs> um, and so when you stonewall, that doesn't that doesn't stop anything, right? So right. are we talking pitch? Or are you guys reaching out now at this point? So have we made that transition? Well, that that kind of came up with that with 
with Adam's I, point about um, not not well, wanting to be on um, why the don't we negative do this side. Way. Like, why don't we? Uh, I think we should cap it off with the ideal pitch. And so we know Sam's going to say don't, but you know, <laughs> but I think we should cap it off with the ideal pitch and then maybe transition into you know, being reachable uh, so that people can get in touch with you. Because obviously, it's kind of a two-way street. You know, uh, we get pitched all the time at Legal Talk Network, but we also need to reach out. We have stories we're trying to develop, a uh, message we're trying to get out, and we need experts. So maybe maybe we could cap this part of it off with the ideal pitch, and I, I really want to go to Sam. No, that's easy. The, the ideal pitch comes from somebody who you already know um, that, uh, that maybe contains a little flattery or, or is just casual and, like, because we know each other. We can – I know you're going to open my email. Um, or so you know, it's I'm an email, open. not a phone call. It. Oh God, don't call me. Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, you you start off uh, at a huge disadvantage if you've you've just, especially if it's out of the blue. Um, I assume you owe me money if you if you're calling. Yeah. Me. I, I assume I owe you money. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're calling me. So don't go through a publicist. We should know each other. I shouldn't be talking to a random person unless you're the one publicist who I actually know, like, and trust. Um, get By right the way, to the there point. There is only one. There is one. There publicist. is. There is only one. Um, uh, go, get right to the point. Tell me what you can do for me. Uh, be concise and and start a conversation about it so that we can uh, I can figure out if I want to respond. I can, and I'm not wasting time reading a long email um, from you. So make it casual and and be somebody I know. And don't call. Don't Never. call. God, don't call. Okay. Yeah. My perfect pitch would probably be, Hi Ellie, I love your website. You're a very sexy man. <laughs> I saw that yesterday you wrote a story that everybody is reading. <laughs> I can tell this because I shared it myself on Facebook. Have you thought about this angle for a second day story on the same issue? Because I know you like traffic. Thank you, bye. That would be, I, would, I would read the hell out of that. <laughs> so for me, I, uh, the flattery for me would be the person actually knows this, the site, knows the magazine, really delivers a smart pitch or a smart um, opening line about you know the type of story that it's got to be really interesting um, it'll have a broad appeal to a large audience and uh, and that um, often that I get to have it first if it's not clear we're all kind of harping on uh, try and have a relationship with the person you're pitching right and be uh, be kind clear and to the points in your pitch be thoughtful and, and understand the publication Excellent. And, and make it easy. I, I think that was one of the take, yep. take make yep. it easy, know your audience. I mean, those are the two main takeaways from you know, what we talked about. And one of the kind of opportunities that we identified, you know, at Legal Talk Network, Lawrence, you know this, we recently put up a, so that we don't have to respond to emails, we put up a guest submission page mm -hmm. where you can go there, you can populate it with the data, it'll, it'll, it's, it'll populate in a database for us so that when we need a subject matter expert, we can go search it, or if we see something interesting that comes through there. But what was interesting is, because there's so much talk about Twitter and social media, about building the brand and, and being that expert, if you could get those pitches down to 140 characters or less, <laughs> how easy yeah. everyone's life would be. That definitely helps. I've definitely uh, wrangled in some leads uh, you know, using social media. One thing I do want to add, I think this is one thing that people, like in their mind, you know, when they have a story, this is something they're thinking about. They're very interested in it. And I think they need to start, and this is just something that, you know, for my ideal pitch, assume I do not have time to read this email. Assume yeah. that I'm, you know, working a 16-hour day and I'm exhausted. You know, what is going to make that interesting to me? And so I would say short, you know, to the point. I don't mind the press release. I like it in there, you know, if I want to dig into it. But if you could summarize that to me in a paragraph or less, that is perfect for me. I think we all decided you're wrong about the press release. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, I, I said I said that if, if if you if you're sending me a press release, then you need to be the kind of person who won't take my phone call, because then I need the release, right? If you, I'm not going to get a quote from Jeff Sessions, so if Jeff Sessions sends a press release, I'm going to read it. If you're the kind of person that's going to take my phone call, then I don't need your damn press release, because I'll call you and get the quote if I want if I want it, right? So. Press releases are usually um, don't work. One thing I wanted to add, because I didn't mention this on the panel and they brought it up to me afterwards, is that remember the scope also of what you're talking about. I don't think any of our publications do a majority of their stories based on pitches, right? If I actually write yeah. a story a week based on something that somebody pitched to me, that's, that's, that's alone a win, right? So you're already dealing with a very small window of stories that I'm not already on researching myself, not already have, don't already have sources on, to like get me to write about something that I wasn't already gonna write about. Um, and so you can also think about that as you're pitching me, like what, what would be that thing that I'm not already on, but I would want to be on, in that, like again, once a week window where I might write something that I that I hadn't thought about before. I think that's a good transition. Oh, no, I'm sorry, okay. I didn't mean to interrupt you, no, Molly. No, no, I I just had one more thing. I I um, we had a really good question from the audience about how to pitch if you're introverted. Okay. Um, and I thought that was a really good point, and I and I think that that goes um, a long way towards building relationships um, in advance, uh, making sure that you build those relationships with the reporters or editors. Um, and you can do that really casually and slowly uh, with just introductions. I want to introduce myself and learn a little bit more about your publication and how to pitch you. And that's an easy way to get in the door with me. Okay. Transition. Now we're looking for them. And so, you know, when someone's out there and they want to, you know, they want to be involved, they want a little more exposure being accessible. Did, did you guys discuss that in your panel, being accessible? We talked a lot about social media, yeah. too, about making sure you're, you're on social, that you're on Twitter, you're on Facebook, you're, you're um, not just um, lurking, that you're actually participating and um, branding yourself that way as a, a smart source. I talked about social media as a way to verify yourself. So like if you're saying something to me, I don't know who you are, the first thing I'm going to do is Google you. The first thing I'm going to do is look at your Facebook page. And so like having a Facebook page that shows that you're like a real person and not a Twitter egg um, is helpful. I agree with both of those. I also think that if a lawyer really wants to, to be a source uh, and be a commentator, they should be writing the authoritative blog or, or a column for another online publication about, or maybe even a podcast, but probably not because a reporter wants to read quickly. Um, but they should be writing the authoritative uh, publication in the area for which they hope to be a source. You can't really do better than when the, when the journalist is looking, doing research for a story, they encounter what you think about it that answers their question. That's when they're going to send you an email or pick up the phone and call you and say, I read this and here's what I'm trying to figure out. That's, that's magical. So I hear a little social media participation, getting to know everybody. I hear a little bit of blogging, establishing yourself as the expert. How valuable, when you're looking for a source to cover a certain story, how valuable are past appearances? You know, like whether it's a link to a podcast or a link to an article, or maybe they're even <clears throat> featured on CNN. You know, how valuable is that to you when you're trying to cover a story? I would say the blogging is really valuable to me. Having a strong LinkedIn or Facebook page where your identity is clear uh, and really uh, also you're a strong website, a web presence. It doesn't have to be, you know, a glamorous site, but it has to show me the who, what, where and, and have links to articles that you've written or um, commentary so that I can see, you know, that you are an authority on a topic. 
I would say past appearances are not super important to me because um, the fact that you, you've been on CNN and you've been here, like that doesn't that's not going to put a button in my seat. That's not going to put a that's not going to give me a click. Um, what's going to give me a click is the actual story. And so your ability to comment well, authoritatively, to tell me something I don't know about that actual story, that's important. But the fact that you have like a, a long media resume, I, I care less about that. You know, that comes up most for me when I'm thinking about who to have on my podcast. And I really, again, that's where I can't overemphasize the value of relationships. But I certainly am interested in past appearances because I don't want to have a boring conversation with a with a really uh, with somebody I have to pull information out of. I want to have a lively, fun, engaging conversation with somebody for a half an hour to forty five minutes or so. Um, and so it, it really helps me to to have had a conversation with that person. Uh, but if not, then I will probably try and figure out like if they can write well. I'm going to think maybe they're a good conversationalist too. So at Legal Talk Network, I mean, one of the things that helps us is it's, it's right in line, but we also look at the size of that reach mm. um, because that broadens our audience too. You know, we're going to get to you know, the meat and potatoes of what we want to talk about in the episode, and we're, we know that they're going to be the right guest you know, for the episode that we're doing. But from our perspective, if you have a big and broad audience that you can also share this episode with, that also is, is something that we will look at and, and we value. You've just forced me to acknowledge a contradiction in myself, which is that I hate <laughs> self-promoters, but I totally do the same thing. I, somebody who is effective at promoting themselves on social media is good for me, um, it, as long as they know how to do it in a way that isn't being a walking, smarmy billboard. Um, but yeah, I, I want people who have the ability to lift the stuff that we publish too, for sure. So here's one that's near and dear to my heart because, uh, you know, often I, I think everybody here gets under deadline and you start to sweat it because you need to get your publication out and uh, get your recording done. And so uh, when I'm looking for a source, I will find them. You know, I'm like, that's the person. So I've, I've read, you know, what they've written. I've heard them. I've seen them. They present well. They're not going to be boring. They're a counterpoint. I need this counterpoint to this other counterpoint. This is a perfect mix for my show. It's awesome. But you can't find them. And so you go to them via social media. Yeah. You're like, look for their website. I'll enter all kinds of handles until I find something at Google. So I'm thinking maybe, you know, some of these people that are, you know, these uh, the self-promoters and the, and the thought leaders, the subject matter experts, it wouldn't it be great, just like those advocacy think tank groups, if they had media inquiries section on their website, make it so much easier. Or just put your damn email on your website. And here's what I hate is freaking spam arrest. Because you know, you send an email to somebody, and you get you instantly get a bounce back that says um, it, you have to confirm who you are and that you're not a spammer. And I'm like, and I'm just kind of like up yours, yeah. like answer your damn email. <laughs> I, I'm on I'm on two minds of this, right? Like when I'm looking for a source, I obviously want them to be somebody that I can connect with quickly. And then when I'm trying to make myself a source, I'm of course trying to make myself easy to find yep. and easy for you to connect with me. Um, so it kind of, I do think it kind of works 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 both. It is a practice what I preach kind of thing. I try to be very available and very responsive um, if somebody wants me on their show, if somebody wants me on their in their publication. Yeah, that, that nothing's more unnerving than or, or um, annoying than having somebody pitch me something or send me and uh, send me something and then not be available. That drives mm -hmm. me absolutely crazy. Um, either they're out of town or uh, that that form pitch um, or. Um, any lawyer that's actually really hard to get a hold of is very frustrating. And we just pass and move on to the next one. We have to. I mean, that's the thing I think people have to remember. 
you got to get it done now. And so I think that's when it comes to the, the media inquiry section. It has to be a channel you respond to now, maybe a special email, maybe it's a special number that comes to your phone. Hey, somebody wants to feature you in a story, better answer this call. I think that's smart. And it's nothing personal. It's just that we've got a deadline, we've got a job to do, and we've got to get it done on time. So. You know what my favorite thing is that happens sometimes is uh, is uh, you'll, you'll, you'll tweet something, you'll post to Facebook uh, looking information, and somebody responds with, call me. I always pick up the phone and call immediately, right? You guys do too? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. I, in fact, I just add that person to my uh, clueless people I just would prefer not to talk to you list. But, but so you guys were pretty strong about the phone, inbound phone calls, yeah. especially it's rude. at home or your cell phone during dinner. I mean, yeah. sort of not a fan of those. I don't want to talk to somebody on the phone until I know that I want to and it's been scheduled. However, the however, phone is for writing, not for talking. <laughs> And pictures. <laughs> yes. yeah. uh, however, when you are under, as Lawrence asked, when you're under that deadline, and, and I'm not in this side, you know, I'm not outsourcing gas, so I'm not, but in a pinch, are you ever picking up the phone? Not before sending an email. I'm no, never. Okay, I'm going to walk that back. Um, on an important story where we're on deadline and no one's responded to their email and we really need to make clear that we've, we've tried to reach out and we really want this person to comment, we do call. And then call. I, I try to call three times. I'll pick up the phone for a source, right? If you've got the document, if you've got the antidote, and I can only get you over the phone. I'm going to pick up the phone, right? right? That's part of my job. But for like the grist, for like some color, for like some color commentary, no, no, no. I'll text. That's it. The phone. I don't use the phone to talk to people. I don't pick up the phone when my wife calls me in the middle of the day. <laughs> Same. Unless I absolutely like you know. Unless the text before she calls is one of the kids is bleeding. Yeah. And then she calls and Arr. people usually call me when I've said something about their product. And then the phone usually rings within 10 minutes of me hitting publish. So it's usually an after-the-fact <laughs> thing. I think the record was about six minutes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I think, Adam, I think, uh, I think I take those calls. You know, we get pressed, and uh, I do. I do take them, you know, because I want to get it done. So, yeah, I guess I fall. I'll fall, I'll fall prey to the, the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> there was a two-week period. I'm not even joking. There was a two-week period while I was working above the law where my phone was actually off the hook. Like, it just was on my desk, and it had fallen off the receiver, and it was actually off the hook. And so for two weeks, because we shared the line, none of us got phone calls. And we were like, this is great, wasn't it? Because my <laughs> phone was off the hook. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> So I have just two last questions because it's happy hour. We need to get on to that. Um, so just two last questions. So because this is ABA Tech Show, because it's about creating value, uh, what last little tidbit can we leave people out there that are trying to be a little bit more media savvy, promote their law practice? Um, Twitter. Twitter is your friend. Twitter is low cost. Twitter is easy to get onto. Twitter is easy to do. All the things that we're talking about doing with um, have a Twitter account that's interesting. Uh, I second that. But I also think if you can... Uh, you should be trying to publish a blog, um, and and regardless, uh, because I think that's that's how you are going to build that authority and get found by journalists, even if you aren't reaching out to them and building relationships with them. So I would also add to that, um, besides having a, a solid website with easy information to contact you, um, that you also have a strong LinkedIn presence, uh, so that I can very quickly look up your background. Mm. 
I have one thing to add. Um, being as someone who's recently kind of revamped his social media profile and been a little kid on the block, uh, one of the things, and this actually comes from David Latt, Ellie shared this with us at uh, Clio Cloud, and I took it to heart, and actually has made a difference in my following and engagement and impressions, is uh, you know make pull a little time aside, uh, maybe a lunch break while you eat in front of your computer, and share other people's stuff, but stuff you've legitimately read yeah. and absorbed. Share that, and just do that for a little bit, 20, 30 minutes a week, and it will make a big difference in your social media profile. All right, last question. So if our listeners, and we're hoping there's many to this podcast, want to reach out, maybe have some follow-up questions, or maybe pitch to you guys, how can they find you? Um, I'm at uh, Molly underscore McDonough, M-C-D-O-N-O-U-G-H on Twitter, and uh, and I can be reached at the... Can I give my phone number? It's up to you. No, wait a minute. You, wait, you, so I was going to jokingly give my phone number, but you just told my, you, you everybody was so strongly said, do not I call. So I don't want to do that. <laughs> do not. But my phone number is actually on our website. Well, there you go. All right, so, so, then, so that's why people call. So me. then give me your cell phone or their home number. No, <laughs> and um, my email is molly.mcdonough at americanbar.org. I'm Ellie, E L I E, at abovethelaw.com. I'm at L-E-E-L-I-E-N-Y-C on Twitter, although I no longer live in NYC, which was not something I thought would happen to me um, when I first got on Twitter before I had children. <laughs> I'm Sam at Lawyerist.com, and I love getting email, uh, but I don't love getting pitches. I am, uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, it's uh, at Adam Camrus, as well as email uh, Adam at LegalTalkNetwork.com. Well, we've reached the end of the road for today's episode, but I want to thank ah, our guests. the road. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I want to thank our guests for joining us and our listeners for tuning in. And if you like what you've heard today, please subscribe and rate us in iTunes. Until next time, we'll see you on the road. Legal Talk Network. <laughs> Can you take out the whole phone number thing? Can we, bleep, can we bleep it? Please take out the phone number. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS, find us on Twitter and Facebook, or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.